Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy. When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is June 22nd, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Christian Javier was terrible. 2.1 innings, four and runs, four hits, five walks, 1K. What's going on? Well, we've been monitoring this for a while. The slider is just not very good, but when the fastball isn't very good either, well, then there you got a problem. We're talking 57% strikes and a 15% CSW on that fastball. Not what you want to see. The question right now is, okay, does Christian Javier get better? I think so. I think the slider will click in for him, um, but the fastball needs to be a little bit better. It's a little bit worse than it was last year, too. So I need to remove him from ace is going to ace. I'm probably going to put him down in the 20s, mid-20s or so right now because it's a situation where, yeah, I I think it's going to get better. When? I don't know. But it shouldn't be too long. I would say by the second half, Christian Javier is cruising again. So it's actually a pretty good buy low in my view because the four-seamer is still really, really, really good. It's just about getting those breaking balls for strikes, and I think he'll make an adjustment to get there. Trevin Williams against the Cardinals. Six innings, zero and runs, five hits, zero walks, in four Ks. He got the gold star of the night because what the heck. Um, so many good pitches located down. If you remember when he was at his peak way back when, that's what he does. He has an opportunity to go six innings on a given night because it's the Nationals and they don't really care. And, uh, yeah, it's possible he does well moving forward. But then again, remember, he went five earned runs in his last start against the Marlins. Johnny Burrito started, not Randy Vasquez, and he did well against the Mariners. 5.2 innings, zero earned runs, two hits, one walk, three Ks. He's he's good, not amazing. He threw fastballs that got outs. I, I don't really love the change in curve. He's hung a lot of them. Uh, so it's the Mariners and the Mariners are not a very good offense. So you can stream them. I think very regularly moving forward. Julio Tehran is the most obvious Vargas rule there is at the moment against the Arizona Mexico in five innings. Shut up ball. I, I don't, wow. Four walks, two hits. So 120 whip, but three K's, but you just do it. I guess whatever. Um, Gatterall opened for a, uh, bullpen game for the Dodgers. We don't really care. Same with Jake Bird. I mean, then Ryan Walker. All of these bullpen games, it drives me nuts. Sure, it's easier for me to do the roundup because it's very quick, but no, I want fun. I want to talk about things, and I don't talk about anything there. I'm a talker. Sean Helly. Sean Jelly. I should say four innings, zero in runs, three hits, two walks, five Ks after Ryan Walker in this. That's nice, but I really don't think that we're going to see a lot of Sean Jelly moving forward. Zach Gallen against the Brewers, seven innings, one in run, three hits, one walk, four Ks. Love to see it. I really... Don't like the fact that he had four strikeouts, but uh, whatever. We just keep rolling with Zach Allen. He's in a good place right now. Here's a weird one. Shohei Otani against the Dodgers. Seven innings, one earned run, five hits, two walks, and 12 strikeouts, 20 whiffs, 34% CSW. Nick, you are going to love this. Let me tell you, am I? Because the slider, that is the big sweeper, was just thrown 12 times. Five whiffs, 
12 times, fine, but 12 times, wait. So Shohei Otani dominated with his four-seamer and his cutter? I don't know if I buy that. That's not really the way that Shohei Otani became the man that he is. It's about that slider. So what? I'm very confused. Um, Maybe it's something new that like Otani has fixed and tweaked. I just can't believe that quite yet. And I really just want to see the times of 35 to 40 sliders per game. That is how Shohei Otani has been the man that we love so much in the past 18 months or so. And we really haven't seen in the past month. Kyle Hendricks against the Pirates, 6.1 innings, one earned run, two hits, three walks, and two strikeouts. Yep, got the win. He's doing good things with his champion and sinker, locating those well. Once the curve comes back, we actually can see something that is more sustainable, I think, than what seems to be like a Vargas role at the moment. But I guess we keep going. I mean, the fills are tougher, but I'm kind of tempted to start him there because he's in such a good command rhythm. Taj Bradley against the Orioles, six innings, one earned run, three hits, zero walks, and eight strikeouts. Six innings across... 83 pitches. I told you guys this. It's not about the innings that is messing up Bradley that the Braves are saying, no, we're done. It's the amount of pitches. And it threw 83, so thus he goes six innings. What happened? Nine out of 13 strikes in the changeup. The huge curveball, 74% strike rate. That is everything. The four-seamer is going to do its thing. The cutter is going to be generally fine. It's just about something else. And getting not only strikes from the curveball, which is, I think, the more dependable one moving forward, but 9 out of 13 on that changeup is just, that is the Taj Bradley. Hello, welcome to the ceiling. We've seen it. It's right here. I don't really think there is going to be like 7, 8 inning ceiling for Taj Bradley. It is this. 6 innings, 100 run, 3 hits, 0 walks, 8 Ks. I don't think that it's going to stick around because you don't normally see this kind of command always. But hey, that's cool. That's, that's you know... That, that's cool. Miles Michaelis, he's a Toby. Went against the Nationals. 200 runs in seven innings. There you go. You got what you wanted. What? You got a loss in seven over nine, uh, seven base runners over nine, which is a one, two, nine whip and three case. Well, why else do you have Miles Michaelis except for that ERA and a chance at a win? Oh, you're not happy with this? Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you don't go after Miles Michaelis. Uh, Martin Perez against the White Sox. Seven innings, 200 runs, but only four hits and two walks and two strikeouts. And he got the win. That's a much better Toby. We go for Martin Perez against the Chicago White Sox, right? And now he gets the Detroit Tigers? Sure. Now, it's two strikeouts and a sub-20% CSW. Yes, from Martin Perez, but this is fine. Just, just start him against Detroit. He'll be okay. Speaking of Detroit, we have Matthew Boyd going against the Royals, and he's executing the Blake Snell blueprint. Oh, my gosh. Six innings, 200 runs, six hits, zero walks, seven Ks. Why did I drop you at, like, the worst moment in tout? I just didn't think that you were going to do it, and then all of a sudden, you're just starting to do it now. Four seamers are up. All secondaries are down. Now, I haven't seen that 10-whiff game with the slider, but this was divvied up with, like, change-ups and sliders, and they were all working, so why, uh, why not do it? I mean, it was the Royals, I will say. I'm curious if you know if you can continue this, but yeah, this is nice. You want to maybe take a chance at Matthew Boyd right now. In 10-teamers, you don't need to. 12-teamers is fine. 15-teamers, uh, you should. Cool? Cool. Tyler Wells against the Rays on the opposite side of Taj Bradley. Five innings, two earned runs, four hits, three walks, and six strikeouts. You just keep doing it. You, you can't stop the Wells. Sure, the whip isn't good, and you got the loss, but two earned runs and five innings against a really good Rays team and six strikeouts, that's really nice. It's more than a strikeout at any. Kevin Gosman has been weird as of late. He has not been that, oh my gosh, it's 10, 12 strikeouts. But you got the win and a very poor quality start with six strikeouts against the Marlins, okay? 
that's fine. Um, the splitter hasn't been as good. Five over 37 whiffs with 22% CSW. And if there's one splitter that I believe in returning, it is Kevin Gosman's. Andrew Abbott is just insane, right? Six innings, four hits, zero walks, 10 strikeouts, 17 whiffs, a 34% CSW against Rocky Road, and it was three earned runs. It was all on solo shots. And uh, I'm a little surprised at how well the sweeper performed. And it went 53% CSW. Six whiffs. It was hung. I mean, this was a cold strike one where they just let it fall in. I think that Andrew Abbott against any decent team is not going to do well, but he gets the Orioles and then the Nationals and Brewers, and all right, I guess we're doing this. I I would not be shocked if one of those is just like, oh, no, what happened to Andrew Abbott? That would not surprise me in the slightest. I don't think his stuff is, the whole thing is that amazing, but then again, 17 whiffs, 34% 10 Ks. Should I care what I think? <laughs> Probably not. You just do it, and we'll talk later. Rich Hill against the Cubs, 5.2 innings, 3 earned runs, 4 hits, 2 walks, and 4 strikeouts. You got the Philly, um, but otherwise this really didn't work out. And that's two straight starts, I think, where Rich Hill hasn't come through against weak opponents. Everything I'm saying, oh, he's only done well against weak opponents. Well, now it's I jinxed it, and I'm so sorry. We got a lot to talk about here with Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, Michael Kopech, Garrett Whitlock, and this whole debut of Gavin Williams? Yeah, we're going to talk about all of those after this break. Are you ready to step up to the plate and show off your fantasy baseball skills? Check out Underdog's Fantasy 7th Inning Stretch Tournament from now through July 14th, where you can build your dream team and compete against your friends for the $150,000 in total prizes. So what are you waiting for? Visit the link in the episode description and use promo code PITCHERLESS to receive 100% deposit match up to $100. Join us in the 7th Inning Stretch Tournament and experience the thrill of fantasy baseball like never before on Underdog. Good luck and may the best team win. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 and older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncp.com gambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY and in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789 Luis Castillo against the Yankees five innings three earned runs four hits four walks three K's it was really funny we were watching uh, Gavin Williams live same with Garrett Whitlock and Sonny Gray and Paul Blackburn on playback.tv last night it was so much fun we're going to do more of these It's a live broadcast. We all get to watch the game together as it happens. It's great. And Twitch was freaking out about, actually, I should say, playback chat was freaking out about Luis Castillo saying, oh my gosh, he's getting lit up by the Yankees. These guys are hitting home runs. So I checked it later. It was three runs in five innings. Like, okay, fine. He allowed some home runs. He did not have his best heater and slider. There were a lot of pitches that were middle-middle as opposed to Castillo being decently separated across everything. It's fine. Um, Weird to see it on the first day of summer, though, which is when Castillo is typically amazing, so uh, everything's fine. Sonny Gray against the Red Sox went 0 for 12 whiffs on his curve, but the sweeper went 9 for 11 strikes with a 45% CSW. Five innings, three earned runs, six hits, two walks, five Ks. He didn't do well in like the first inning. It was like a one nothing game, and again, Chad was like, oh my gosh, Sonny Gray's getting destroyed. Why are you guys so extreme with this stuff? It's not. Getting destroyed is like five, six earned runs, okay? Cool. Um, Sonny Gray's still not the guy from April because he's weirdly dependent to fastballs and sinkers it's strange um i'm still selling high on sunny gray as he's had like this terrible whip over the past seven games now michael kobeck went against the rangers and we had zero expectations yeah he didn't do well four innings three and runs 
So now the question becomes, all right, do we start him against the Angels? He went four for 49 whiffs on the heater here. Uh, I would say maybe? I'd say probably not. I think that Michael Kopech is a very... Uh, he's a volatile guy. He had a nice little run, and he had this confidence, and it's getting wiped again. And I, I don't know. I think the Angels are going to get to him. Garrett Whitlock against the Twins. Seven innings, four and runs, eight hits, zero walks, six Ks. He pitched so well, and this was dumb. There were multiple plays in the outfield that just, like, ruined him, and I hate everything. Uh, he's fantastic. If you can still get Garrett Whitlock on your teams, get him now. I'm just telling you. Just we're, we're going to stop talking. I, I, I think his changeup is amazing. And his sinker command is amazing. He's got this whiff breaking ball. Like, he's very good. Get Garrett Whitlock. You Darvish against the Giants. Six innings, four and runs, seven hits, two walks, and six Ks. Four of his last five starts have come with at least four and runs. Only two of them were four and runs. It's very strange. Um, I think that Darvish is trying to figure himself out at the moment. And he hasn't quite gone there. And what I'm saying is, look, throw a ton of sweepers. Throw a ton of cutters. And then save your sinkers and... Four seamers for situational moments of like sinkers inside to right-handers, and four seamers to try and go up and into lefties. That is what I would try to do if I were you, Darvish. Um, then you can throw in some slow curves if you want. You can throw in some splitters here and there, but like the bread and butter should be foundation of splitter of of cutters and sweepers, and then you have the fastballs to play and try and jam on both sides. That's my view. I hope Dar- Darvish can do it. He's never really been that ultra command guy, and I think if he leans more into uh, being okay to walk batters and really trying to be as precise as possible. I think he has the capability of actually doing it. So we'll see. I'm very curious how you Darvish develops through the rest of the year. Uh, Gavin Williams. Yeah, we watched this. It was against Oakland. 5.2 innings, four and runs, four hits, three walks, four Ks. MLB debut, okay? So once again, uh, I just got to mention, it was so fun. Huge thanks to Playback for inviting me onto their, their platform. I'm going to be doing another one in the future. I don't know when yet. If we do, we're going to promote it for like at least a week. Uh, so you guys will know, but if you haven't already, go to playback.tv slash pitcher list and follow us there because, uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff there. If you don't know what it is, it's Twitch, but live sports. So you have a chat, you have a stage. I can invite anybody I want from chat to join me with uh, voice and video. And we watch the actual live stream. You have to have MLB.tv or cable provider access to be able to watch it. If you don't have that, you can still be there and listen to me and anyone on stage and hang out with chat. Um, you just won't see the actual uh, video of the game behind me. That's fine. But it's super fun, um, and we're going to do it again. So make sure you check it out and get yourself set up for when the next one happens. As far as Gavin Williams go goes, you'll see how I reacted during the game. I was really unimpressed. Um, breaking balls I didn't really expect much out of, and they had their moments. They weren't very dependable. There was a really nice time with a curveball in the dirt. There was a slider f- strikeout as well. And I think as he moved on, he was able to get these really quick fourth and fifth innings because of the because of the leaning on those secondaries instead of the fastball. Because the fastball just had two out of 45 whiffs against the Athletics. And I think it's not necessarily a product of the stuff. I think it's a product of how he sequenced and how he wasn't overwhelming the at-bats. You know, he would miss down with fastballs. And then he missed too far up with fastballs. And then he wouldn't really attack the zone effectively with them. Get behind a decent amount. And I think that uh, Gavin Williams could be something in the future, but uh, right now he's not quite there. Now, it's really hard to assess an MLB debut because jitters are a thing. It's why I don't do it. Even though it was against athletics, I always say don't start a guy in the MLB debut because of this. The good news is he gets the Royals next. And I think that he can get settled in, realize, look, like 
do the Zach Gallon. Think like a closer in the first inning. Use everything. And don't just ultra rely on fastballs that you just couldn't find. So uh, it was a fun time. I really enjoyed the game of sequencing and breaking it down as a at bat is going on about what you should be doing, what the batter is telling you. It is the most fun part of baseball. And it was really rewarding today uh, on Twitch hearing people's reactions to that stream. Like, man, I never really watched it before like that. And I uh, and seeing people learn stuff from it. Um, if you are, I mean, I would think anyone that is a base, big baseball fan and knows this, you'll have fun guessing it with me. And then if you're not, you don't really know what I'm talking about. Um, you should definitely come by next time because it is a fun, fun game. And when you see it in a different light, uh, you'll understand the joy of pitching. All right, we're going to go a bit long on this one. It's fine. <laughs> Paul Blackburn against the Guardians uh, on the other side of it. Yeah, he had his moments, and he also got some terrible defense from Noda at first base. It was just stupid. Um, so the, I really do think this was a better outing than the nine hits and four and runs will tell you in five innings. One walk, seven Ks. Uh, he didn't get the massive amount of whiffs. It was 15, 17 last time, and then there was only seven here. He got the Yankees and the White Sox next. I feel like he could do well with them, but yeah, he is susceptible to a start like this. Also, low win chance, of course. Tyler McGill, never. Against the Astros. 2.1 innings, 4 and runs. Yeah, no. Brady Singer is a cherry bomb, and even against the Tigers, he'll go 7 innings, 5 and runs, 7 hits, 1 walk, and 2 Ks. Nope. And Sandy Alcantara against the Jays. I literally just traded for him for Joe Musgrove, like 30 minutes before I recorded this podcast. Uh, now he has his ERA over 5. 7 innings, 5 and runs, 10 hits, 2 walks, 6 Ks. And what do you know? Like, he had a blow-up inning. He went six out of seven shutout frames and allowed five earned runs in the second inning. He has those stupid frames all the time. I agree. I think it's silly. I actually have been thinking a lot about it of the guys that are prone to a blow up inning. Like how sustainable is that? I think of like Aaron Nola. I think of Jesus Lazardo um, from the past. Uh, and I know there are many others, but I kind of think like over time those get ironed out. And Sandy Alcantara is at a state where his changeup just isn't doing the damage it used to do. When it does, it will again. It absolutely will. It has like the movement stuff. It has all of this. He will find that. And when he does, it's going to be Sandy Alcantara and you're going to love this. So I'm I'm very into buying low on Sandy Alcantara. I doubt Joe Musgrove because I'm a little bit worried about the elbow and uh, just kind of a weird year of like out of rhythm. He had the toe injury. He had the, now he has the, the elbow thing. He had uh, something else. that did, I think it was a blister, something else that messed him up. Um, it's just been weird. And I... Uh, so for Joe Musgrove, yeah, the delay at the beginning of the year, of course. Um, I'm worried about the curve and slider actually coming back to what it was. I just feel like Sandy Alcantara from this point on is a better play. So, yeah, and also, I mean, keep in mind, it was a Jays, too. The Jays are a dangerous team. Keep starting Sandy. I'm telling you guys, like, this is the moment to buy low, and you should go after it. It's not just me having adoration. I've been off other trains, so I understand that. All right, looking forward to today and tomorrow's starters. We have Shane McClanahan, Joe Ryan, Blake Snell, Aaron Nola, Mitch Keller, and Braxton Garrett, all in that auto start tier. Then you have a probable start of Logan Allen, J.P. Sears, Domingo Herman, Brian Wu, and Bryce Elder. I debated where to put Aaron Nola, by the way, because it was a rainout yesterday, and I'm putting him underneath Blake Snell because Blake Snell's just been on such a good run, and Nola is prone to the blow-up, but yeah, you start Aaron Nola here. Uh, otherwise, I mean, it's pretty standard stuff. I can't stream Brexton Garrett anymore, I don't think. At least I shouldn't be able to. I didn't even consider that I could. Logan Allen's a stream against the uh, against the Athletics. I feel like he just needs to have a defense, decent slider, and he'll be fine. J.P. Sears is a decent one, too, against the Guardians. Dimitri Herman should be better against the Mariners. Brian Wu on the other side should be solid with his fastballs. Um, Bryce Elder is okay against the uh, the Phillies. Tommy Henry's in the questionable start tier. Look, he had a good slider last two starts, and that could work out against the Nationals. 
Well, and they do not start. You have Alex Wood against the Padres. No thanks. Jake Irvin against the Diamondbacks. You have Brandon Walter going for the Red Sox as the follow-up, the bulk inning guy against the Minnesota Twins. He's had like a 6-plus ERA and a terrible whip with a sub-11% swing strike rate in uh, AAA. So no thank you. Max Castillo, absolutely not for the Jays against the Rays. Looking forward to tomorrow's games. Logan Webb, Logan Gilbert, uh, Zach Eflin, and Chris Bassett are all kind of the same. Well, at least three of them are, as Webb, Eflin, Bassett are all these kind of Toby types, or really Hollies. I'm going to go with Logan Webb, though, against the worst matchup, because I think Logan Webb is in the best situation at the moment, at least with his stuff. While Logan Gilbert's kind of in the middle, I just hope he has a splitter. There's also Jesus Lazardo against Pittsburgh, which is more of a volatile but high-ceiling play. Uh, you have Lucas Giolito who's doing well, but the Red Sox are kind of weird. Um, and you have Joe Musgrove, the aforementioned one, against the Nationals, who should do well tomorrow against uh, in that situation. Also, I imagine Rick Graham makes that trade with me because he gets the start tomorrow for Joe Musgrove, and I don't get it, which is actually really annoying. I should have waited one more day. <laughs> I should have waited until, like, tomorrow morning to hit that accept button, but it's all right. It's fine. Enjoy him, buddy. Um, Brian Bayo and Shane Bieber are in the probable start tier. I'll watch Musgrove gets rocked now. Uh, White Sox for Bayo, I think that should be fine, and uh, hopefully the slider comes alive. While Shane Bieber has been very strange, and the slider isn't very good, and he's very susceptible now to destruction, even against the Brewers, so he's probably starting an auto start. Questionable start tier, Emmett Sheen against the Astros. It could work out, but I don't want to do it. Tom Walker, Cherry Bomb against the Mets. Same with Cody Singh on the other side against the Phillies. Kyle Gibson, you don't know what you're going to get against the Mariners. And our stream pick of the day happens to be Luis Ortiz against the Marlins. I hope the fastball is good enough in the zone and the sliders get whiffs. AJ Smith-Shaver is against the Reds. I don't love that because it's Great American Small Park. Uh, you have Kenta Maeda against the Tigers. It's a still ill situation. I hope he uh, does well. Uh, JP France against the Dodgers. Uh, you don't know what you're going to get there because it's the Dodgers, but JP France is a solid Toby. But yeah, it's the Dodgers. You sit those, and same with Wade Miley. And the second start back, I don't know if he's going to go 90 pitches against the Guardians. It's just not enough really for me to push it up much higher. Do not start here. I'm not going after Luis Severino against the Rangers. Uh, I just think there's too much risk there. Zach Davies against the Giants. He had his change up last time. It didn't work out, so... Mm. Joey Wentz did well last time, but it was a product, I think, of a lot of foul balls that would normally be in play that led to strikeouts, and I don't know if that's, that feels very noisy to me, uh, so I don't want to do that. Dane Dunning against the Yankees, James Capellan against the Jays. Look, if there was a lot of four-seamers and sliders for strikes that could work out, but not a chance that I really want to go after. Uh, Patrick Sandoval in cores, no thank you. Zach Granke, Cal Freeland, Luke Weaver, and Patrick Corman are easy. Do not start. All right, that is it. Thank you all so much for supporting uh, what we do. And I know this is very late today. I had a really fun time hanging out with chat this morning. That's why you got to be on the live streams at twitch.tv slash pitchless every single day, uh, weekday morning. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your bounce be low and your strike outside. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back and the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.